Hey, my name is Derek, and I'm coming to you from my basement this morning. Um, man, when I was 13, I was so excited. I remember my parents came to me and said, we're going out tonight, and instead of getting a babysitter, we're going to leave you in charge of your little brother. And uh, man, we had the best time. It was fantastic. Um, and I remember the end of the night, I put my brother to bed, and, um, and I really, I should have gone to bed myself, but I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to head back downstairs and I'm going to enjoy a little bit of my freedom. So I remember I, I put on the TV and, uh, and I found this, uh, this detective show and I start watching and man, these detectives, they are trying to hunt down a serial killer who is killing people by stalking them breaking into their homes and then taking them by surprise. And uh, this is like the worst show you could ever watch for your first time being home by yourself. So the show ends, it's like a cliffhanger ending. And um, man, I, I remember it, it finished and I'm just like, oh, I was, I was so scared in that moment. So I go to turn off the TV and literally the second that I'm turning off the TV, simultaneously downstairs in my basement, in my parents' house, they had this, they had this big window that went out to the backyard. Now, if there was a window that someone was going to use to break into my parents' house, this was the window that they were going to use. And I, I knew this because it was my brother and I, we used to love climbing in and out of this window. And I guess inadvertently in climbing in and out, we must have like knocked loose the, the little alarm sensor that is on the, the side of the window because that thing obviously was hanging by a thread. So the moment that I go to turn off the TV upstairs, downstairs at the basement window, the sensor falls off of the window. And all of a sudden you just here the burglar alarm starts going off man i jumped so high i'm terrified so i go tearing up the stairs of my parents house now you may be thinking ah oh, derek that is so good of you the older brother you know you're worried about your little brother you were going to protect him to make sure he wasn't scared Man, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about my little brother in that moment. I mean, it was every man for himself. We got someone in the house. You know what's crazy? My little brother, he slept through the whole thing. In fact, Alan, I am still bitter at you that you slept through the whole thing. Man, that was a terrifying time of my life. So I run up the stairs, not to my brother's room, man. I run into my parents' bedroom because there was a phone up there by their bed. I, I, I run in, I grab the phone because I got to call 911. So I pick up the phone and I am not kidding you. The phone is dead. It's dead. <laughs> so what happened was, the, 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 um, the alarm company, it's, it's tied in with the phone. And so when the alarm goes off, it automatically uses the phone system to alert the, um, the, the alarm company that, that there's a problem. But of course I pick up the phone and I'm like, Oh my God, he cut the phone line. Like it, that's, is it. We're done. I mean, I, I was like, it's been a good run 13 years, man. Like, I guess, I guess this is it. I did not know how to deal with a thief. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we deal with a thief? We've been dealing with a thief for the past six months, haven't we? In fact, Anna is with some friends who have been dealing with this COVID thief for the past six months. And they're going to share a little bit of their story and, and how they've been able to, to navigate this very challenging season. COVID-19 has been a brutal thief for so many of us. 
It's robbed us of our routines. It's restricted our relationships. And man, some of us, we've even lost income, lost our jobs. It's just this nagging thief that is just constantly stealing our hope and our joy. And and like every day we're we're hearing about this thief and, and what it's doing. Now, Jesus in John chapter 10 is also dealing with some thieves. The thieves that Jesus is dealing with is the religious leaders of his day, known as the Pharisees. And what he says to them in John chapter 10, verse one, is this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Now you may be like, yeah, what was he telling them? I don't understand either. Well, what Jesus was basically saying to these religious leaders is, look, you think you're the good shepherds of these people you're leading, but you're not. You are not leading them the right way. But it says that they didn't understand what he was telling them. So Jesus continues. He says in verse seven, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep haven't listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So when Becky and I first moved to this house, we had young kids. And the first thing that we did was we built this fence around the backyard. Now, the reason that we built this fence was because we wanted just to be able to relax and hang out in our yard and not worry that all of a sudden, you know, our kids would run out into the street and something terrible would happen to them. Now, the only way in or out of our yard is through this gate. Now, Jesus basically is saying to the Pharisees, there is a gate. There is a certain way to enter a relationship with God. There's a certain way to understand who God is. The Pharisees thought that this gate was this system of laws. It was this series of do's and don'ts. Now, the Pharisees were, were known as legalists. They, they were just fanatical about all of these different laws that you had to follow. And basically, the prevailing understanding of the day was that if you had your health, you had your wealth, you know, your relationships were going well, then obviously you were following all these legalistic practices really well. And conversely, if for whatever reason, you know, your health was failing, you, you, you know, you, you were lacking income, your relationships were suffering, then obviously God was cursing you because you weren't being obedient to all of these laws. And Jesus, this is why he's calling them thieves, because he says, no, 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 that's not it at all. It's, it's not through these series of, of following laws that we somehow earn God's favor or earn God's love. It's not that at all. Instead, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So what Jesus is trying to explain to the Pharisees here is we can't kind of scramble our way up to God. There's not a a list of do's and don'ts and a whole bunch of different laws that we can follow that are somehow going to get us on the same level with God. Instead, 
What Jesus is saying is, look, I'm the gate. You don't have to climb over. I'm the gate. It's simply through recognizing that Jesus has lived the perfect life that you and I can't live. And it's through his death and his resurrection, it's through faith in him that we enter into a relationship with God. He says, I am the gate. Just just come in. And when he says that, he says that we will find pasture. Now, I don't know about you, but the thought of being in a pasture right now just is terrible, man. Like, I don't want to be that hot sitting in a pasture, having just mosquitoes just bite me all day long. But what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying, pasture, this represents the good life. This represents abundance. This represents peace, joy, prosperity. I mean, pasture is the sheep's dream. So then Jesus says, arguably some of the most famous words that Jesus ever spoke. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Now, if I had to guess, I would imagine that just about every single one of us would say, we're not living life to the full right now. I mean, this COVID-19 thief has stolen so much from us. But what Jesus is actually saying here, and check this out, don't miss this, is that we actually have access to the abundant life, to life to the full, right here and now. You may be like, what the heck? What does that even look like? How How do we get that life right now? Well, let me show you. Don't you love a great view? When Becky and I first saw this house, we were trying to figure out which house to buy. And you know, there was a lot about the inside of the house that we didn't love. But man, I remember walking out here to this back patio and seeing the view and I was like, yep, we'll take it. And that's pretty much how it went, to be honest with you. Um, This is my favorite place at my house right here on the back patio. This is like, this is my happy place. Um, I, I love the view. I love being out in nature. But really the reason that this is my favorite place is because this has become my place where I connect with God. Um, it's, it's where I, I am reminded of two truths that help me to have that abundant life even in the midst of the thieves like COVID-19, which steal and kill and destroy. And those two truths that I'm reminded of right here on my back patio are you are loved and you are love. You are loved and you are love. It's right here that um, that I, I love taking out my Bible. And uh, even though I, I love the Bible app, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an old school guy when I've got the time and I'm at home to, to actually like, you know, have the, the actual you know, paper copy of, of my Bible. It's, it's where I read the next words that Jesus says in this passage, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I want you to think about that for a minute. Jesus says that he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, when we can take time in the midst of COVID-19 to really receive this truth that we are loved by God, it is an amazing thing. See, and here's why this is so important. 
during COVID, right, when, when we have these, these seasons of our life where we're under tremendous pressure and stress and strain, what happens is we begin to doubt the love of God. You know, as our activities get restricted, as our relationships are hampered, um, we, we just, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we, we really get to a place where we don't really feel the love of God anymore. We start to doubt that love. And we need to be so intentional about pressing into God's love, taking time to read his word, to, to be reminded of his love for us, taking time to pray. I've got my, my prayer journal right here, taking time to, to, to pray to God. And, um, and I want to ask you, do you have a place? Do you have a specific place that where you go to, um, to, to just spend time with God? Uh, maybe you've got a, a back patio with a great view, or maybe you've got a, a little terrace that, that, that looks out, or I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a prayer closet. Maybe it's in your car where you connect with God. But do you have a specific place where you spend time with God and you're just able to sit and, and be in the presence and in the love of God? Because it's so, so important to do that. want to make sure you're carving out time to, to receive that truth that you are loved by God. Now, the second thing is that you are love. So yes, we are, we're loved by God. We receive his love, but we're not just called just to receive the love of God. We're also called to be loved, to love other people. Jesus says it this way. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I think that is so important for us to keep in mind. You know, um, we're not only called by God to love others, we're actually wired that way. We're, we're made to love other people. And um, what's fascinating is that when we do that, because you know, for so many of us, you're like, Derek, I, I can't even, I, I, right now I have, I have such little bandwidth. I have such little emotional energy. I'm barely surviving COVID, man. How are you possibly telling me to go love on other people? Here's the reality. When we love others, it, it does something in us and to us and for us. That's why God commands us to do it. And so um, I, I just want to just give you this encouragement. I'm going to give you a little practical thing to do because you, you may be like, man, I got no time for this. Well, here's the thing. I know you at least have five minutes a day and, and you know, be honest, you take five minutes when you go into the bathroom, you pull out your phone. I know you're on your phone in your bathroom for, for five minutes. Okay. So the next time you do that in those five minutes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to text three people, text three people each day for seven days and text them something specific that you appreciate about them. Something you love about them, something you respect or admire about them, but it's got to be specific. Reach out to three people a day for seven days. Okay. Three different people each day. So you'll text to 21 people. You will be amazed, not just how it blesses them, but how it blesses you. If you're feeling disconnected, you know, if you're just feeling a little bit hopeless, what you will find is that uh, loving other people will, will return to you in ways you cannot even imagine. I, I want you just to, to think about this for a second, okay? As a church, we have now served over 4,000 people in need since COVID began. Over 4,000 people. 
Now, that is such a practical example of us loving others the way Christ has loved us. Now, I just think this is so cool, you guys. Because as I think about for me, okay, for me, so so I give to grace financially. And, and as I think about that, I think about, man, I have had the opportunity then to bless 4,000 people who, you know, are in need of food or in need of some sort of assistance. And, and I've been a part of that. That, that gives me such joy, such hope in the midst of all the negativity, all the, the different things right now that, that, you know, we're hearing about. But this, this is my joy. This is my hope. This is part of what it means to live the abundant life. So, in summary, you are loved and you are love. Are you taking time each day to push into those truths? Do you have a place where you get intentional about receiving the love of God and giving the love of God to others? Now, what I want to do is I just want to give you a few minutes now of sacred space to be able to, to just connect with God. So I want you just as, as our team plays a couple of songs, I want you to stop whatever you're doing and I want you to receive the love of God through this music. And then I'll be back to pray for you. Will you pray with me? God, we all want that life to the full that you talk about. In the midst of thieves like COVID-19, God, please help us to press into those truths that we are loved and we are love. God, help us to carve out time and space each day to push into your love for us. And God, please give us opportunities to love other people. In Christ's name, amen.